You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey. Happy spooky season! My favorite season. Hell yeah! Happy spooky season! So y'all, this is a special episode where we celebrate spooky season and we're here to check in with one another ahead of Halloween. Uh, I hope everyone listening to this episode right now is feeling good about uh, spooky season about Halloween, about uh, hanging hanging out with one another, um, because this is kind of like the start of holiday, the stretch of holiday season, like holidays, yes. right? So Halloween is just like the gateway to all of the other fun things. Yes, it is right? the door. And let me just say, hey, everyone who loves the holidays in December and November, um... Give us Halloweeners a little space because honestly, I don't want to see your decorations at Target when it's October. <laughs> give us the space as we will give you all the space. It literally starts right after Halloween. So just wait a second and let us Halloweeners enjoy our Halloweening. <laughs> yeah. Crystal's a Halloweenie. I'm a Halloweenie. Yeah, you're yeah. a Halloweenie. <laughs> anyway, so before we get into this episode, um, before we start talking about Halloweeny things, we thought it was important to quickly chat about last week's episode, which featured Trace Gaynor, a good friend of the pod. Um, and a lot of what we talked about was creating content that ultimately would piss people off, that would... Uh, resulting conversations and sometimes controversy. And ironically, that same episode included some commentary on Dave Chappelle's brand of comedy. So we recorded that episode a couple of months ago, not knowing that this month we would see a lot of Dave Chappelle um, news stories and that he would be in the middle of a lot of controversy. So if you all have not been informed... Dave Chappelle has a new Netflix comedy special out called The Closer, and I honestly have not seen it yet. I have only seen um, some news stories and some clips, and he does say some pretty transphobic things from what I've seen, Um, and I think that Dave Chappelle does have a relationship with the Filipino community because his wife and children are Filipino, and with all of this controversy happening in the middle of some pretty important dates for the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, That being National Coming Out Day was October 11th and Transgender Day of Remembrance is November 20th. Uh, We thought it was appropriate to talk about this subject, the Dave Chappelle controversy, just a little bit more uh, because it was relevant for our community and relevant of the time. So Crystal, what are your thoughts? (sighs) Okay. So, um... Yeah, I, I still would like to watch the entire special. I did see the clip where he does make those transphobic <sighs> comments. And 
Um, so I talk about in Trace's episode how Dave Chappelle is a very smart comedian and he really just toes that line, right? Right. I think he said something to the effect of like, I'll be that guy who says the really assholey thing so that you can go home and think about how what I said was fucked up or whatever and makes you rethink and dive a little bit deeper into this topic, right? However, um, the transphobic joke, it was, it was pretty hard to listen to. If that was to like incite something in me or incite anything in us, it was, that wasn't it, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that was it. I think he missed the mark for that one. And also, I'm coming to the idea that maybe like towing the line and going a little too over um, and also like towing the line just in general might not come off well to those who are taking the jokes at face value, which I think that can easily be um, done. And in this case, it was kind of just like, it was just too much and it was really transphobic and it was really cringy and unfortunate. And it felt a little too, actually, actually it felt a little too easy of a joke. Mm. It kind of just felt like you're kind of just ripping on trans women right now. Like, without making me think anything other than that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's kind of hard because there may have been other things said that built context around that mm-hmm. um, within the, the actual special because the things that I saw, it was like 30 seconds to a minute. Um, and it's quite possible that there's more to the story, um, but I have not yet seen the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and context is really important. So I don't want to say that it's okay, but like maybe there's more to it. Um, and sure. that's important to acknowledge. I, From what I did see, yes, it was very cringy and it doesn't make me want to watch. It doesn't make me want to watch the, uh, the comedy special. Mm-hmm. I did watch a... Um, a conversation on CNN with Don Lemon. Don Lemon? Is that his mm-hmm. name? Don Lemon. Yeah. And um, uh, another uh, another individual, her name was uh, Flame. Mm-hmm. So she okay. is a black transgender comic. Okay. Right? So her position was that comedians, like the role of the comedian is to... Like, say things that are on people's mind and then um, use that as, like, teachable moments Mm -hmm. so that folks can continue the conversation. Sure. Having said that, though, I don't know if that was, like, the intent with Dave's, Dave Chappelle's comedy or that joke. Like I said, I haven't seen the whole thing, so I don't know until, like, I get the context. Sure. Regardless, this is a good moment in general to continue conversations about this. Even if Dave Chappelle's joke wasn't meant to be a teachable moment, we can make it a teachable moment. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think maybe we should come back to this and like watch, watch it if you want to. I think I want to watch it because I've also had a very complicated relationship with Dave Chappelle. And I think it wasn't until recently where I was like, okay, like, let me listen to some of his comedy a little bit more because I think he came out during the pandemic with that special. Only a few people were there. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh, wow, this was powerful. Like, have I been missing something in Dave Chappelle's comedy that I have? I've chosen to not listen to him because I know that he's had a lot of controversy with the LGBTQI plus community. Right. So like for a while, like I was like, you know, what? I don't want to listen to him anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to him like, okay, hold on. Wait a second. Like maybe there's a little something there that I I haven't watched his comedy specials in, in length, in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I watched it in full where I was like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing. It's really, really towing the line, but it's done in a way that is very nuanced and whatever. And I, I understand. Um, there were still some things that were like, oh, I don't know. Ooh. But yeah. like, I would like to watch it again. That one part did definitely make me cringe and made me... I just don't know how (laughs) context can save that part. But, like, I could be wrong. And I hope I'm proven wrong. But also, at the same time, um, you know, it's hard for comedians. Like, I, I... Not hard for comedians, but it's challenging for comedians to create content in a way that is inciting deep... Um, conversations and thought and critical thought into the issues that they're trying to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do it, you're doing it and like props. But there's also comedians who don't care about that shit. And like, it's like a pass to say whatever you want. But you also have to know that with that, you have a responsibility. You, I, I think that you kind of have... Yeah, a responsibility in how people are also going to take it. Mm. I don't know anything about stand-up comedy and, like, how you write your material because I don't know. And there's a lot of comedians who are upset that they can't – that comedy is so different now, now that people are a little bit more aware and PC culture and tra-la-la-la-la-la-la, and they can't really do their thing anymore. When it's so much of it is about just like bagging on people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not in, I don't think it's like in their intention to hurt anyone per se, but it's kind of like intention versus impact. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a, hmm, what do you do as a comedian? I don't know. I don't know much about that uh, realm of entertainment, Um, but yeah, go ahead. I think we can agree, you know, trans people are people. Mm -hmm. Call people how they want to be called. And if you mess up, like, be open to having a conversation and taking responsibility for what you said. With folks who have a, a as big of a platform as Dave Chappelle, I do agree that there is an element of responsibility for the impact that you have on 
the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those things that could be perceived as transphobic or are perceived as or are transphobic, frankly, um, can be problematic and damaging to the community, uh, hurtful, and it's just sad. It is sad. And it's like, I'm thinking about how he is kind of like, I'm ready to be canceled for saying this or whatever. Did he say that? I think he's like something um, to that effect. He said like, something oh. like, uh, if this is cancel culture, like this is great. Like, give me more of, of cancel culture. Something like okay, that. Okay, so he doesn't mind being canceled. Well, I think it's because like, it's almost like that saying of any publicity is good publicity. Okay. Ooh. I think it was uh, kind of like th- that. Yeah. Like the messaging behind those words was kind of like, yeah, talk about it because like, it, it'll promote me regardless. Uh, okay. I just, I, I want to know. I just, I, I want to dig deeper into this because like, contextually, it seems like Dave Chappelle is the kind of guy who wants to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know if that is truly inclusive of everybody. And I, I think I want to like dive deeper into like his stance on it because like, are you... Like, just going back to, like, what he said, are you saying this to go over the line so that you make us realize that we have been going over the line? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, like, a transphobic person, like, is that really okay for you to say? Like, you're hearing it from someone else. If you're hearing it and you're not affected by it in a negative way, um... Maybe you should think a little bit more about it. I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I want to go, I want to go see what's happening with this a little bit more. And. uh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen. Yeah. Let's do our homework. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But perhaps this is an invitation to our listeners. If you did watch it, let us know. Yes. Uh, Let us know what you think. Because we would love to, to know what other people are getting from this, the, this special. Like, how did you perceive it? What are your thoughts on it? Reach out to us. Share what you think. We would love to know. Yes, please do. And on some lighter notes, let's get back to the topic of spooky season. Do you have any plans for Halloween? Oh, man. Um, you know, um, me and Mike were sick for a little bit. Uh, we're okay now. <laughs> um, Good. I don't know if I'll get yeah, into that. Yeah, this is like not the, this is not the time to be sick. Yeah, this is not the time to be sick. This is my favorite month. Um, right next to November where Thanksgiving, like Halloween, Thanksgiving. Y'all yeah, dude. Y'all are bringing me life. Fourth quarter of the year. Winning. Fuck yeah. Winning. <laughs> I'm here for fourth quarter of the year, y'all. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. (laughs) Are you going to be dressing up? Um, We have plans. We have Uh plans. I don't want to say what we're going to be dressing up as because we don't want to tell anyone. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. So surprise. Yeah, we want to leave it up to you to see if you know what we are. Okay. Is it going to be yeah. like some obscure thing that only folks would know 
um, if they're like a cult f- fan of whatever it is you're dressing up as. Is it Schitt's Creek? Are you dressing up as Schitt's Creek? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But I would approve. love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We like, we like to dress in duos. So... Um, what was your favorite like duo costume in previous years? Oh my gosh. I loved when we were uh the kids from Moonlight Kingdom. Moonlight okay. Kingdom? Hold on, wait, hold on. Moonrise. Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> yes. So what is Moonlight Kingdom? Um, so it's a Wes Anderson film and it's about these two kids who are in love, like they're little babies. They're not babies, babies, but they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um and we were Susie and Sam. Susie and Sam. Maybe we'll post it on like our stories or something on the IG and you can see what we were a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Um, we also dressed up as McGonagall and um, Dumbledore from Harry Potter. Cute. One year. And we went to a random bar in Santa Clarita and it was like a bar full of like old adults. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> with us oh <laughs> it was very cute That's and cute. you know i i just love making costumes so like a lot of our costumes like i put together and like i sew stuff and you know and mm-hmm. like i get all these pieces so like for the dumbledore uh, robe i just got like this blue bathrobe from target and i got all these embellishments and like i sewed it on for michael and we got a hat and we got like a beard and it was just just a lot of fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. My first Halloween with... Was it my first Halloween? Yeah. My first Halloween Halloween with my partner, Jamal, we dressed up as um, iPhone app icons. So <laughs> it was so a really cute. simple costume. I also like making costumes um, yes. because I don't like to spend that much money on a fully done costume that I will wear just once a year. Right. So I like to just... I think it's fun to like make costumes. So yes. I just cut out like a little square of cardboard and like I tied um, like string around it so that it would hang around our necks. Mm-hmm. And then I was a Twitter icon. He was a Facebook icon. Um, and then we had like little sticks with emojis on them and we just carried Aww. them around. That was pretty cool. Um, this Halloween, we are also doing like a pair costume. Maybe I'll leave it a secret, too, so that we can just share on social media what our costumes were. So on Halloween, you have to send me a picture of you and Mike. Okay. And I'll send you a picture of me and Jamal, and then we'll post it on uh, Instagram. Love. Love. We're also watching all the scary movies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. From super scary to not as scary to family fun scary. Um, you know, the Muppets Halloween special is adorable. I don't think I've seen that one. It's new. It's so cute. It's like the setting is at uh, the haunted house in Disneyland. It's new? Yeah, it's new. It's on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that out. It's so freaking cute and there's so many nods to the haunt oh the haunted mansion i'm sorry haunted house the haunted mansion there's so many nods to the haunted mansion and like the scripts that they use like when you're Mm -hmm. in the elevator and stuff it's so Mm -hmm. cute Aw, i miss disneyland 
<laughs> I miss Disneyland too. Yo, we used to go oh. to Disneyland all the time. All the time. All the time. Back when <laughs> oh we were both like kind of in the Orange County area. Yeah. Um, we had Disneyland passes. We would go like at least once a week. I at know. Least. At least. At least My to goodness. go like watch people watch, maybe ride a couple rides and then go to like Ariel's Grotto, which is now something else. Yeah, uh, I, I don't been there like in a uh, Pixar's lamp thing. I don't remember the name. <laughs> lamp Lighthouse. I don't know, but it was it's the bar in in California DC. Adventure. Yeah, Disney's Disney. California Adventure. Man, yeah. good times. Good times. Good times. <gasps> you know what else we watched? I watched for the very first time. Mm-hmm. The Shining. You've never seen that before until I've recently. I've never seen The Shining. You know, Boo. Did- I haven't watched a lot of movies. Like Ask and Christy, like. They have tried to fill my brain with more movies because I think as a kid, I didn't watch a lot of things, actually. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you know what? We are having um, a hangout with Glenn and Christy (gasps) and some other friends of the pod in just a couple couple weeks. weeks. So we will probably watch movies, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll have to report back or I'll pick your brain about what you think about those movies. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah. so it's about that time. Not about that time, but we have one more thing to talk about. Okay. Um. So before we end this episode, we have a spooky story. Ooh. A spooky story. A spooky story. A spooky story specifically about an aswang. So, Crystal, <gasps> I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Uh-huh. What is... An aswang. An aswang. Mm-hmm. An aswang is an umbrella term for a variety of monsters and scary things in Filipino folklore. Mm-hmm. A great example. <laughs> a great example of an aswang in modern storytelling is in season one guest, author Jason Tanimore. His book, Vampires of Portlandia, talks about a family of aswang vampires who immigrate to Portland, Oregon, from the Philippines. In that same book, we saw shapeshifters. We saw mananan... Oh, how do I say this? Damn. Mananangals? Mananangals. We saw mananangals. Mananangals. <laughs> Which is like a bat-like creature that separates itself from its lower half. So it's like... A floating torso. A floating torso. A floating torso. With bat-like wings. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you did such a good job with that. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's like you're a, you're you do this for a living. You're like an actor or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very cold read. <laughs> It was but a I great tried read. to. I chose a character and I tried to stick with it as much as possible. Don't judge me and my poor choices at this moment you as did an actor. Great. But thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was great. Off. Um, but Dustin, you have brought a short story to share with us. Ooh, mm-hmm. tell I us did. about it. All right, so the story that I'm about to share with you all is from the Blaan people. They are an indigenous group of folks from the southern Mindanao region in the Philippines. And this story is called The Night Creature and the Beautiful Maiden. Ooh. 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 
<laughs> Ooh, all right. Okay, so this story was translated from the language of the Blaan people to Bisaya to English. And now I'm going to give you the too long, didn't read version of that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So imagine a village. Mm -hmm. A village in southern Mindanao. Close to lots of trees. Lots of wilderness. What you might expect in in a wildernessy part of the Philippines. Right? Okay. In a villagey part of the Philippines. <laughs> Wildernessy. <laughs> so, okay. this mother and daughter are just hanging out at home in their in their village hut. Mm-hmm. Beautiful girl, right? And the mom was like, "Yo, I'm hungry. We're gonna eat some frogs for dinner. So go collect some frogs." The maiden, she's like, "I." <laughs> I guess I'll go collect some frogs now. Picks up her bucket. And by this time, sun's going down. It's getting a little bit dark. And she's combing through the woods. She's like, dude, where are all the frogs? Like, I guess we're not having dinner. And in that moment, a creature with a bony hand grabs her arm. (laughs) And was like, are you hungry, little girl? No, no. Are you hungry? And the girl's like, ooh, yikes. This doesn't seem like a safe situation for me at all. And in what little light there was illuminating from the moon, you could see he was a tall, skinny creature with like long fingers, very like skeleton-y. And he's like, I'm gonna help you out. (gasps) Give me your bucket. Oh. So the girl was like, all right, I ain't trying to die tonight. The creature takes the bucket, walks around. He's somehow lucky enough to find all of these frogs that she didn't find. Maybe that's like a magical thing about this this creature. Who knows? Anyway, he's like, all right, I got a bucket full of frogs. Here you go. I'm here whenever you need me, girl. Um, and she's like, scary. So she takes the bucket and she runs home. And she, like, runs through the door, and the mom's like, dude, where have you been? Like, I'm hungry. And the girl was like, hey, uh, I almost died. Thanks for asking. (laughs) And she has this big-ass bucket of frogs, and the mom's like, cool, like, go, like, set up the table. I'm going to clean these frogs up, and we're going to have some dinner. So time passes. They eat the frogs. And the mom's like, you did a really great job. Like, I don't know what you were so so freaked out about. And the girl was like, dude, I almost like got attacked and snatched up by this aswang. And the mom's like, oh, you're going, you're crazy. Whatevs. (laughs) And then the the maiden was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go to sleep. Thanks anyway. She slips into bed and she sees this dark shadowy figure at the foot of the bed. a swung and the creature was like yo wifey i'm hungry can you give me some snacks and then the girl's like oh my god sure because i don't want you to eat me so she goes to the kitchen and she's like mom the swung's here 
The creature's here. <laughs> Give me some snacks. <laughs> so the mom's like, OMG, like you were telling the truth this whole time. Let me just fix up a plate. So they bring back a plate of food for the monster, for the swang. And a swang's just eating the food in bed. And then he's like, oh, damn, that was good. Puts the empty plate over onto the nightstand next to him and was like, with his uh, bony fingers, just pats the empty space on the bed next to him, motioning the young maiden to get underneath the covers with him. And he's like, I just want to cuddle, wifey. <laughs> and of course, she's like, um, yikes, I'll do whatever you say because you're scary. So she gets under the covers and she finds it very difficult to sleep. But eventually she falls asleep with a swan right next to her. The next thing she knows, she opens her eyes. It's daylight. And she looks over at the space next to her. And it's not the Aswang. <gasps> it's somebody she didn't see before. It's this super hot ass dude laying naked next to her. <laughs> what? And that's the end of the story. What? The end. I feel like there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, so much to unpack. But that's the story. <laughs> okay. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Again, it's called The Night Creature and the Beautiful Maiden. The Night Creature and the Beautiful Maiden. I, I think I took so- a couple liberties there, but basically the story is how it was written. Also, I I feel like this version was like kind of like a drunk history version where I could like <laughs> literally see them like um I almost died. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so pretty much our like dude just scary night creatures trying to prey on innocent women you know what's very interesting is that in act in like what i saw when i was doing some research here the existence of a swang in popular culture or in stories is very much analyzed from like queer theory perspectives in the philippines and like gender dynamic theories in the Mm -hmm, philippines mm -hmm. so exactly what you had said like hey there's just like men preying on young women like that's exactly what it was or that's that's some that's a way to interpret it like the dynamics and the pressures of like um gender roles and whatever you know what i mean yeah like he was the one who provided the food and then he's just like, I need you to get in here or get me a snack and get in here. Yeah. Like, that's like your role. Yeah. And he was hot. Apparently he was hot. That was and like part was of hot. the story. He was, that was supposed part of the to be story. like super handsome and like Yeah, he's like a prince. Oh, he's a prince. Okay, well, not I don't great remember. as in. Okay, I don't know great. if he was like specifically a prince, but like. The, the story was like, he's a handsome... It was very clear that he was a handsome man. And maybe that's 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 part of it. It's like, they might be handsome, but they are mon- they're a monster. 
like underneath it. Yeah. Underneath it all. He may be cunning, mm-hmm. but he's just awful. a monster at the end of the day. A monster. Um or the other way to look at it is like, oh hey, like we had precon preconceived notions about this person who was like ugly, but like, oh, he was actually trying to help. <laughs> oh, and actually he's a quite he's quite a beautiful person at the end of the day. Yeah, but he's Actually in this still... case it was like beautiful in the beginning. I mean right. at the, during the daytime, I should say. But he's still like kind of instilled fear in her so that she may get him his snack and oh, lay yeah, you're in right, bed you're with right. him. Yeah, that's manipulative. It is manipulative. Like, oh, I I got you these frogs, so you should like do as I say. Like Yeah. Look at us. Look at us like <laughs> with our sociological lenses and queer theory lenses. Um, yeah, no sir. Like get out of my fucking bed. <laughs> like thanks for the frogs, but no. <laughs> thanks but no thanks. <laughs> thanks but no thanks. Me and my mom are fine. I'm just <laughs> fine being a maid. I was about to get these frogs on my own. Yes, I didn't see any today or last night. But you know what? We're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I also recall from the story that she did say no initially and he like just completely disregarded that. Oh, so she refused help. Yeah. She refused help and he he went out and got it in, anyway. Cause she mm. was like, oh, we're not going to eat. It's fine. And he's like, no, it's cool. Let me help you out. And he got her the food. Like... Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This could be a whole podcast. Oh, my God. Like, Just oh, like, my God. Thank you for being our savior. Yeah. Ooh. By force. Yeah. You are not being gentleman. Like, okay, okay, okay. What is it called? Um, What is the word when it... Uh, chivalry. Mm, yeah. We don't need that chivalry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, I... Like, I'm very grateful that Michael opens doors and, you know, is very helpful to me. But I do the same to him. It's not like, a oh, he's the man and, like, he does all these things for me, which, like, I appreciate, you know. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I also do the same. Like, when I get inside the car, I open his side of the door. Or I open his, I open the door for him when I'm inside. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I think it's all about just like, you know, it doesn't matter. You take care of each other, no matter what yeah. your freaking gender is. I don't believe in gender roles, yeah. if that wasn't clear, y'all. <laughs> yeah. But, what a great oh, episode we are recording today. Yes, this is I lo- so fruitful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing this story, Boo. Yeah, of course. So, Where did you some find background. It? Yeah, I found the story. Um, well, I did a library search. Mm-hmm. And I found an article by Genevieve Jorolan Quintero, who is an associate professor of the humanities department of the Filipino, um, sorry, of the University of the Philippines, Mindanao in Davao City. And if in case anyone wants to look it up, the article is called Oral Traditions, an Aid to Implication of Mother Tongue Based Multilingual Education in the Philippines Basic Education Program. So the condensed version of the article is that in 2012, 
The Filipino Department of Education issued the Mother Tongue-Based Multilingual Education Order, which basically means that they want to encourage the use of Filipino languages in academic settings. Um, but right now, mm. or the, the norm has been that English is the standard language used to deliver instruction in academic settings. So the issue that um, has been brought up is that Filipino languages, like mother tongue languages, indigenous languages have not had opportunities to develop or like shine in academic um, or higher education settings. So that's kind of uh, the, the, the basis for wanting to like push for this multilingual education system. So yes. there are educators, sorry, there, there are scholars, including Genevieve Jorlan Quintero, who are working towards putting into writing these folk stories that are traditionally passed down orally mm -hmm. um, so that they can be used in classroom settings. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Okay. So we have reached the end of the episode. Crystal, give us a final, a final word or final goodbye. Have a spooktacular month. It's spooky season and it's also Filipino American History Month. So enjoy it and love it and have a wonderful October and holiday season. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, y'all. That was the episode. Have a great day. Have a great day, y'all. Have a great spooky season. Bye. Thanks for listening. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. If you enjoy MeSearch, make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com and follow us at MeSearchPodcast. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is MeSearch, folks. Woo! -hoo!